Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. It is nice to see my name up there in a timely manner. I know Laura's been, Laura had been in the producer's booth for a couple of weeks there, but we finally got the perfect producer. We got Sterling over there, and he's doing his job well. We thank you, sir. What kind of show are we going to have today, Lou? We're going to have a really big show today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's episode 78. Nice. Believe that? Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, that's our good friend, Louis Rodriguez. He's the host of Rodriguez Rants. And uh, I know that you're already subscribed and you're already following, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook or Rumble, or, you know, if you're listening on, on audio, you know. But make sure that you're, you're going over there and checking out all of our other shows. We do have six shows that come out of this, this uh, studio underneath Revolver Broadcasting, uh, including Rodriguez Rants. So make sure you're checking all those out. Uh, you know, make sure you're uh, sharing, because sharing is caring. You know, uh, like... And uh, comment, 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 comment. Oh, you got the button ready? Sharing is caring. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right. Uh, this week is actually a very special week. You know what, Lou? Mm-hmm. We've got the tough men of faith here joining us. Thank you. So <laughs> so across from Louie, one half of tough men of faith, Nick Robertson. Yep, thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. This is, this is a real treat. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, next to him, the guy is going to bring the message. We have R.T. Stringer. Yeah, it's good to be here. The host, apparently. Of, uh, of oh, yeah, he's the host. That, that's not it. <laughs> he's the guy in charge. I'm the yeah. other idiot no. that he hangs out with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, wh- where can folks uh, find your uh, your guys' podcast at? Uh, so we're on YouTube, um, Facebook, um, not on Spotify. Yeah, no, Spotify. We're on all. I don't, I really, we don't know. Our producers always yeah. tells us what to say. Anywhere you download your audio podcast, yeah. I assume. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yep, that's and it. I think, yeah. I think Podbean too. Um, oh yeah, that's that that that's a uh, distributor. Yeah, yep. so yeah. it's a yeah. Anywhere you download your yeah, audio Apple podcast, podcast then, guys. Um, Google Podcasts. I think we're everywhere. Yeah. So same here. Um, so um, RT, you got a, a message for us tonight. Uh, what is that title? Yeah, it's a. Uh, really looking at the book of Jonah and a, a storm tossed prophet. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Jonah is one of my favorite books in the Bible uh, about it's probably about six years ago. I preached through this book. It took me about six or seven weeks to do it. So I just brought the six or seven weeks tonight. So I didn't know how long we have. But. <laughs> well, we've got about half an hour okay. to wrap that okay. up and to okay. get into the family okay. portion, but okay. you know, um, time is uh, relative, right? Um, yeah. I'll just start working through it, and you tell me, like, hey, we've yeah. had enough, and I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, days as a year, and, uh, or, or days as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day, so yeah. time is relative. I should say that at church sometime. Like, no, hey, it doesn't work there. Move on. <laughs> like, you know, keep it going. Cecily, do you have Jonah pulled up? I do. Uh, so, I did. Can you pull it up? Usually Nick reads the, the verses for me as we kind of yeah. walk through it, so. Cool. Uh, so, all right, well, while he's getting that pulled up, uh, we'll uh, go ahead and I'll uh, lead us in a word of prayer over yeah. the message. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Father God, we want to thank you for this time of fellowship. I want to thank you for another episode of Faith, Family, and Politics and, and getting the Word of God out there and letting people know that these values do not stop at the church door on Sunday. As a matter of fact, God goes in every aspect of our life, whether it be with our faith, our family, or even our politics. You are every part of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. What you got, buddy? Well, you must start chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of... Uh, Mittai? The say of confidence, man. I keep going. <laughs> Saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for the evil has come up before me. Yeah, so we probably all know the story of Jonah and the well, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah. 
gets thrown off the boat. That's why you like this, right? Because you like whale watching. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it starts out at the beginning, and we see we always think, like, no, no, or Jonah didn't want to go. But here's the thing that we don't think about a lot of times, is he tells them to go to this city, so it's neighbors next door in another country, and calling out the evil that they do, is that this was a really wicked town, like a really wicked group of people. Um, I like to think of it the way that if God was to call us to go to like some terrorist or something that, that bombed us and maybe killed some of your relatives. And God said, now, now I want you to go over to that country and I want you to share the gospel with them. And you're thinking, I want to go over there, but I don't want to go over there to share the gospel with yeah. them. Right? I want to send a different message. And that's who <laughs> God's calling Jonah to go to. Right? It's not some friendly people that he's calling them to do. So keep that in mind as we walk through this story, that, that Nineveh was known for their cruelty. Yeah. They would slaughter people, women, children, and, and it'd be Jonah's countrymen and probably people Jonah would know. Um, but what I took from this in the first verse is that God's going to ask you to do some things in your life that you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, he does. I think it's a really relatable uh, story, you know? Yeah. Because uh, this, is, this is a regular occurrence for me. I feel God pushing <laughs> me to do something, and I'm like, eh, nah. Yeah. Well, what, what's about, keep, what about you, Lou? You, God tell you to do something, and you're just like, I don't know about that? <laughs> Nine of ten. Plenty yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> Can you go ahead and verse three? Like three through probably yeah, just three. Just three? Yeah. But Jonah rose to flee to to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Yeah, so what's fascinating here is so God calls Jonah to do this, and Jonah's like, No, I don't want to do that. So he happens to go down to the dock and there's already a boat there waiting going in the opposite direction. So if you are wanting to run from God, there's going to be a boat ready to take you in that other direction. Oh, yeah. Always right? a boat ready. <laughs> it's easy. Right. Yeah. So whatever you may be struggling with, like if you're, you're struggling with anger, there's going to be a boat there to take you to make you lose your cool. If you're struggling with lust, there's going to be something there to, to make you lust or, or commit adultery, right? So there's always yeah. going to be a boat that's going to say, hey, we should go in this direction. Right. Um, the other thing to note about Jonah here is that He's really a good guy. He's a prophet. He's upstanding in every way. But in this one area, he's telling God no, right? So. Yeah, it could be like, uh, you know, God's telling you to be at work that day, and you're like, sorry, God, I'm gone fishing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going, to, going to play golf. Literal boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. You want to read four and five? Yep. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out, to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. Yeah, so God calls Jonah to do this. Jonah's like, I don't want to do it. It just happens to be a boat ready to take Jonah in the opposite direction. Jonah gets on the boat, and then next thing you know, there's a storm. So God's going to send storms to your life sometimes on purpose. Like There's a reason for that storm, and it may be because you're running from God. Yeah, how many times have we had some things happen and not realize what it was for? And uh, maybe you still don't realize what it was for in the end, but, you know, you have to trust in God that big it picture. For, it was for a reason, yeah. Yeah. For a reason that maybe you don't even understand. That's what it kind of it's, reminds me of, um, and I, I touched on Jonah a little bit when I, I had brought a message one week where we talk about today's adversity is tomorrow's lesson. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like th this always reminds me of that. Like all the things that he went through and, and yeah. Yeah, and he, he didn't learn it till later. Like, right. oh, this is what that's for. Yeah. That's why I did that. Yep. yep. Yeah. Can you read six through ten? Yep. So the captain came and lay um, and said to him, "What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, 
Call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and they and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. You want me to read 10 too? Yeah, go ahead and read 10. Then the men who were exceedingly afraid of him and said to him, what is it that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Yeah, it, that verse is fascinating to me because the storm was there because of Jonah. But there's these other dudes on the, uh, on the boat who think they're going to drown as well that night because of the storm. Yeah. So when you sin. Yeah, because that, of what Jonah's done. What Jonah's done. Your yeah. sin affects others, right? So when you yeah. run from God, yeah, you say no to God. It's not just going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. You watch the rippling effects. It goes, yeah. right. it goes out. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Somebody's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Old Journey's a good guard dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, keep that in mind, right? Yeah. So you may think you're sinning in secret. The consequences are going to have that ripple effect, right? All right. Uh, let's go ahead and skip ahead to chapter two. Um, to why do... God has to pick on the family if you did the sin. Why can't he pick on you and teach you the lesson instead of your family that didn't have nothing to do? Well, maybe it's all a part did. of teaching you the lesson. Maybe you're not listening. So but he goes to somebody close to you and picks on them a little bit so you'll see. Yeah, I, maybe find, that, I maybe. find that hurting innocent people that didn't do nothing that you did. But maybe it's for the greater good. I, I agree with you, though. That's uh, that's terrible. Honestly, I mean, people that don't deserve it, it happens all the time. It's like yeah. torturing somebody, you know. Torture. God is love. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes love's got to be tough. Yep. And it really does, because uh, I mean, I think about <laughs> when I was a kid. If if my uh, the the words I always feared because. Mom could mom could spank me and didn't it didn't really mean much a whole lot, but when it's wait till your dad gets home. Yeah, right. I was like, no, 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 because I know he was going to spank me at least the one good time. Yeah, that's all he needed because he's we were going to cry no matter what. Oh yeah. After that, and then the the real pain started after that because it was going to be a two hour lecture that followed. Right. <laughs> I believe in God. I love God, but He's been hitting me with the storm for the longest now, and He ain't stopping. Mm-hmm. I lost a son. Not too long ago, my grandson is missing. I can't find him. I've been hit with a lot of problems and money going like water. I mean, what do I have to do to show him that I do love him? I, 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 I have tried everything. I even turned myself into God, and I'm still getting hit with all this. Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind, like, I don't know anything about your life, but the, the storm we're talking about here is happening because of direct disobedience to God. But uh, uh, many times when we see storms in Christians' lives, it's not because they're being disobedient to God. It's because they're doing exactly what God wants them to do, and we live in a sin-cursed world. So the entire New Testament is full of Christians who are martyred uh, for, for Christ and who suffered, or you look at James, count it joy when we, we suffer. So it's, a storm doesn't mean you're sinning. It can, but it doesn't always. But I think we know when it's, you know, I always use the illustration that my dad used to whip me when I was a kid, right? Yeah. 
I never had to question why I was getting the whipping. I knew yeah. exactly what I've done, that I did something wrong, right? Yeah. So if, if a storm comes in your life and you're in open sin, then you know that. Like God's not trying to hide that from you. But there are other storms that come, like rough valleys. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I um, When uh, Louie and I had talked earlier, or last week I think it was, uh, I brought up Job, you know, because mm. look, look at, I mean, yeah. he had, I think he was doing everything right. 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 And, uh, but then everything was taken away for some reason. He left his, left his wife. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah. Take her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I have some of my other stuff back? You can have her. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick gets in trouble a lot in his marriage on, yeah. on podcasts. I do. Yeah. I, I do too. My wife will be sitting right over there in the producer's booth. Uh, Ready to push the dump button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll start over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I I somehow managed to weasel my way back out of the doghouse. But, uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but with, with uh, you know, with, with Job, I was thinking about, like, all the stuff that he lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was talking about, like, you got to hang in there because I know that I know for a fact that God is with you through all of this and that he's going to restore all of that in probably even seven to tenfold. Yeah. yeah. Everything, everything will be, you know, bigger and better, and um, yeah, the restoration that God can bring is unfathomable. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what the next chapter here we see in Jonah in chapter two. Like he's been thrown off the boat, he's in the the belly of the well now. I think it starts out. Does it start out in verse one that he's been in there like three days or something? Um, no, not in verse one. Chapter two, verse one. Yeah. What is it? Um, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the belly of the fish saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice. Yeah. So we, we see that Jonah at that point, he'd been in the belly of the well for three days. He's in great distress and in Jonah's mind, he'd probably feel like God had forgotten him, but God yeah. knew exactly where Jonah was at. Like he knew he was in the, the belly of the well at the bottom of the ocean or whatever. And he hadn't forgotten them. And so Jonah cries out to God, and God's going to be merciful to them and gracious to him and have the well spit him up. Um, but we see that God still has Jonah going through the storm, like still trying to, to learn something. Um, and so he, he needed deliverance from his sin more than deliverance from that the circumstance of life, I think is what we see there of Jonah. Yeah. I know 30 seconds in a fish, man. I'd be, I'd be like, get me because I'm claustrophobic. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. You might and I don't, the putridness of inside oh. the well. My goodness. Like the stomach acid. I mean, the sushi part sounds good, but <laughs> um, it's dark. Yeah. It's gross. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I watched some kayakers the other day on YouTube that a whale <laughs> came up from underneath and basically it swallowed. It didn't swallow them, but they were in their mouth. Yeah. Um, wow. It's just like, ooh. <laughs> Jonah, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it have been ironic if, if the fella in the yeah, in the, in yeah that, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so chapter three, let's let's jump to that. Uh, start verse one. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you." Yeah, so there we. I like chapter three because it starts out. It shows that God came to Jonah a second time. So he gives Jonah a second chance, right? He told Jonah the first time, you need to go do this. And Jonah's like, I'm going to get on this boat, go in the opposite way. I'm not going to do that. And so we, we see the storm takes place in Jonah's life. And then God takes Jonah right back to the same place where he was at before and says, no, this is what I want you to do. I haven't changed my mind. I yeah. still want you to do this. But he's given a second chance uh, to Jonah. Like a lot of people won't give second chances, but we serve a God of, of second chances. Oh, yeah. So yeah. 
in third and fourth and fifth and sixth <laughs> chances. You know, yeah. and thank him for it because yeah, boy, I'm, I need a second chance just about every forty five seconds. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and the go there like is a very like in the Hebrew, it's a very like immediate go now, Jonah. Like this, I'm not messing around this time around. It's like yeah. Yeah. you need to you need to get on and go. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to read three and four? Keep on going. What's that? Uh, verse three and four. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, I'm sorry, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Yeah, so I think we got to get this picture. Like, Jonah had spent three days in the well, which you guys already kind of talked about. Yeah. Like, his skin probably would have been bleached. He would have been in rough shape. Yeah. Right? He would have looked like a mess. And all of a sudden, he... He's he never just, eating fish again. Yeah, he never eating fish again. <laughs> and probably like glowing. And so he walks through the city and this begins preaching. Like, can you imagine this? This looks like a nut job, right? Like yeah. showing up and, and preaching. Yeah, Who is this stinky time, fellow? It's like, yeah. I'm not screwing this up again. Um, yeah. I'm never going back there. I'm just going to start now. I think he thinks he's going to get killed. Okay. Because he's going to, yeah. that group of people is already killing Jonah's people when they would see him. So I think Jonah thinks in his mind, I'm going to walk into this country, I'm going to preach, and I'm going to get killed. Um, that's probably what's going to happen. It probably saved him smelling bad. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they want to get close. <laughs> yeah. Where are we at? Uh, five. Verse 5. Yep. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on a sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Go ahead and read 6, too. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with the sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Yeah, this verse is crazy because I don't think Jonah really, well, he, he did think, but they repented. Like, so this wicked people repented of their sins and believed in God yeah. um, after Jonah preached, which I don't know today be like, if you went to Las Vegas, walked up there and started preaching, and the entire city of Las Vegas repented, right? It's, it's just nuts to think yeah, about. That'd be wild. Yeah. It can happen. It can. It can happen. It can yep. happen. Yep. Um, read verse 7 and 8. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles that neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to the Lord. Yeah, so it has seen everyone repented, right? And those farthest from God, those who were doing the killing of Jonah's people, like they repented and God forgave them, showing that no one's outside of God's, God's mercy or his yeah. grace. Could you imagine that scene, Lou? Like all these people that you thought were awful, likely murderous, you know, and then they're all just turning their lives over to God. Could you imagine that? And it's multiple, right? Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine seeing that? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something to see? That would be great to see. You guys see what's going on in Vegas right now with the uh, hacking on MGM? Mm -mm. MGM, I guess, got hacked and they had to pay a ransom. They don't know if they can pay any of their employees this week. Um, so if you're staying at like the hotel, all the lights and doors and everything are remote controlled and they can't, people are staying at the hotel, can't turn off their lights, can't lock their doors. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. Like they got, they got hacked bad. Mm. So, anyway, I mean, uh, <laughs> we had to bring up Vegas. <laughs> Back to the scripture. Right, yeah. yeah. Verse 10 kind of ends the, the chapter there and it says, when God saw what they did, he relented. He didn't, uh, he didn't bring down the disaster on them. So we see Jonah preaches, they repent. God relents, shows mercy and grace. Everything seems great, right? Like, yeah. everything's good. And then chapter 4, can you read chapter 4, verse 1, I think, how that opens yep. up. The word of the Lord that came to Micah of uh, Moresheth in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning 
Samaria, and Jerusalem. Are you in Jonah? No, I'm not. I was so I was confused. Confused. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was like, where is he? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was angry, and he oh, and he was angry. That's good, right? So they repent. Everything you think would be good, and the next chapter opens with Jonah's displeased, and he's angry that this took place, right? This is like a big win for Jonah. If this was to happen today, we would put Jonah on a speaking tour with Chris Tomlin or something, right? Yeah. Like have him preaching everywhere or on the biggest Christian stages, and here Jonah is upset about it. He was, he was mad about this taking place. So, what was he mad about? Was he mad about all the people getting saved and not being smited or... Yeah, well, at the beginning of Jonah, he says, like, God, I don't want to go preach because if I preach, then they repent, and then you're going to show mercy and not kill them. Okay. So he wanted them knocked off, right? I mean, he wanted to face the judgment. <laughs> yeah. Which the, would the, like that. The anger yeah. and hate in his heart, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so he looks back on the last 24 hours with them repenting, the king repenting, and all these things, and he, and he gets upset about it. I listened to a really good podcast this week, um, Sean Ryan Show. I don't know if you guys listened to it or not, but he was interviewing uh, Mark Geis, who was at uh, 13 Hours of Benghazi. Okay. And um, he was up on the rooftop. And he, I mean, he got he got messed up from yeah. that. But he was talking about killing people um, and why, how he justifies it to himself on killing people for our country versus murder. And um, he had a really good point. I don't know why. I, I just thought to bring this up. But he had a really good point that murder is nine times out of ten done out of hate. Or anger, yeah, or a negative feeling, and he said, any time he had to kill someone, he never felt that about him. He actually felt sorry for him that he had to kill them and end their life. And I, I thought about that for a long time, and it's like, you know, that's that's really awesome in a, in a sense to think about it. That you don't hate the people that you're sent to go kill; you just you have to do it. Um, it's just part yeah. of your job. Um, there's a reason for it. You might not even know the reason, but um, you have to go do it. And it just uh, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit in the way that he talks to uh, to younger military personnel about you know this is this is how I ju- I can justify it and he's a Christian yeah. guy and um you know he's a he's a saved guy he's been attending church and it's just you know it, it's great to hear a different perspective on that. Sorry, I don't know why I brought that up. Um, no, I mean it's, it's got to be tough to a uh, heavy weight on on it on his heart oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, and to be, have, have to go to God and be like. I, you know, you know what I was feeling and that, you know, you know that I wasn't trying yeah. to, yeah, you know, I wasn't yeah. angry or, yeah. or upset with the person or hate, hatred, feeling hatred towards the person. Um, this is, this was my job. And it's not so easy to kill somebody. No. I can't imagine. Um, sure isn't. Yeah. Couldn't imagine. Anyway, sorry, where are we at? Back to chapter four. <laughs> verse two and three kind of, this, this is a regular occurrence. Nah, that's what I figured. Right, we, yeah. side, we, we side real. Um, <laughs> verse two and three, he starts talking about why. He was upset, and he says there because he knew God was a merciful, slow to anger. He would relent on this. And verse three, uh, Jonah actually tells God, "Like, hey, just take my life from me." Like he's so mad about this taking place. Yeah. So we see him praying again. Which here's what's interesting: we see two prayers from Jonah uh, in this book so far. The first time he prays is when he's in trouble. He finds himself in the belly of the well. Things are not going well in his life, so he prays. The second time he prays is here is when he's angry at God. How many times does that mirror our prayer life? Like. We're prayerless until we can't pay the bills or some type of problem coming. Then all of a sudden we're praying or something bad happens to us. We get angry or upset about something. Then we start praying. I've had those exact in subsequent things, right? (laughs) Until we're flat on our back, we don't pray. Yeah. You know, that's what we see here of Jonah. Yeah. And then we see Jonah's ticked off because 
God is showing mercy to this group of people, but think about the mercy God showed Jonah. Right. So he received this mercy, and then he turns around and is like, don't show them mercy. Show me mercy. Right, so. Yep. Um, How many times can you relate with that? Yeah. You know. <laughs> verse, can you read verse 4? Yeah. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Yeah. that's. I like God's interaction here with Jonah. He's just kind of like, I don't want to say messing. Yeah, almost messing with him. Because Jonah's all upset, and God's like, so you're angry, Jonah. Right, and this kind of this kind of bringing that up. Uh, read verse five. It's almost yeah. like, what good does it do you to yeah. be angry? Um, verse five. Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Yeah. So Jonah's not getting the answer he wants from God. He wants the people destroyed. So after preaching, after seeing them repent, after seeing God relinquishes on that, Jonah. It's almost like he just goes up to a, the mountain outside the city, sets his lawn chair down in the sand makes a little booth because it's hot there and sets there just hoping that the, that the repentance isn't real and God's going to destroy the city. Like still wanting to see them die. Yeah. So. Um, Verse six? Yeah, six through nine. Let's go ahead and read all that. And we'll now the Lord it God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Hmm. So God provided shade for him, and Jonah still sat there. Provided yeah. comfort, and Jonah still sat there, wishing that the people would die. Yeah. And then God provides a worm to come and eat the plant so that Jonah would lose his shade. It's kind of like putting him back in the whale again. Different hmm. circumstance, but same idea. Yeah. And he still continues to sit there. Sound like he just he just flat out he wanted it, everything to go his way, right? And not giving it up to what God's way was. How many times have we done that <laughs> today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's interesting there is you notice that God provided. So God provided this the shade for Jonah yeah, because comfort. he knew it was hot, and yeah. he knew Jonah needed that, so he didn't pass out and die probably. But then when Jonah started to get comfortable, God knew that he also needed that plant to die because Jonah needed to suffer a little bit um, because he wasn't done working in Jonah's life. So God also provided this worm that's going to come eat this plant um, as well. Yeah. So, did you read the rest of that text? No. Okay, can you finish that? Uh, finish through verse 10. Oh, I got you. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do you, who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? Yeah, so I, I love the way this, this verse, this really book ends right here is God's like, Jonah, you're upset about this plant that was providing you some shade. And he goes, and you're really upset about that, right, Jonah? And Jonah's like, yeah, I'm really upset about this. And God's like, shouldn't I like be bothered that there's 120,000 people and, and many who don't know their right hand from their left, probably implying children who are going to perish and die and something should be done about this, Jonah. I'm not sure why he mentions the cattle there. I don't know. Maybe he thought Jonah had a soft mm, spot yeah. for at least the cows, but um, he said, you know, I, I care about these people, Jonah, like you cared about this, this stupid little plant basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and so he's saying, this is what you're called to do. Like you're called to go reach them. Um, they're, they're, they're lost. They don't, they don't know me. They need redemption and I'm going to offer that to them but I need a messenger to go I need someone to care about this Jonah and so that's how the book ends like we, we don't know what happened right did, yeah. did Jonah start liking them did 
you know, how long did they repent for and those type of things. But I think the reason the book ends that way, because it's really a, a question for us. Like, who do you care about? What makes you upset? What really bothers you? Does it, do the injustices of the world bother you or do you get bothered because it's this stuff that affects you? Like Jonah was getting upset about himself and his countrymen and his things when he didn't have eyes to see the people outside that were hurting and struggling. And that's who God cares about. Yeah, having empathy for others, even if they're uh, against your yeah, or thoughts. Wronging and, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just because you see somebody is wrong, and think that maybe they should they should be killed, or you know, doesn't necessarily mean that that's what God wants for them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I I've had that plenty in, in my life where I've um, I've uh, in my mind I've thought. Oh, that you know, they're they're this way or they're that way, or they definitely believe this, and so they're not even going to relate to me on this or that. And and but everyone has some level of empathy in them, and uh, even if even if they're let's say vastly different in their thought processes, um, and and you may think again, once again, you may think that they're wrong in their those thought processes. The the thing that we can all relate on is that we're all, um sons or, or fathers or uncles or, you know, whatever. Um, we can all relate to that and we can all, we all have empathy of some, some level. Yeah. And, um, that is what connects people to uh, find that treating everyone the same, regardless of how different we may view things, uh, is the best way to go about it. And, and I've had, I've had a lot of people push back on that. Like, well, why do you treat me like like everybody else, don't you disagree with me? Well, sure, I disagree with yeah. you, but it doesn't mean I got to be rude to right, you. Yeah, I can I can disagree with you. I don't have to hate you for it. Yeah, um, it's pretty normal. I, I would <laughs> think that it would be normal. Yeah, I mean, I, I really dislike the fact that my wife puts mayonnaise on hamburgers, but I matter of fact, I call it blasphemous. But <laughs> <laughs> it's okay that you're she, wrong. <laughs> but she really likes it, so yeah. you know, and I love her. So, regardless of of, of the blasphemy. Yeah. yeah uh, where are we at on time, Stir? About, about there? Okay. Uh, no, I heard you mention uh, about, um, the, of course, the, the shade, and, and he didn't want Jonah to die. And it may remind me of um, something that happened recently with my, my younger brother. Um, for, for those who listen and uh, uh, the podcast, uh, my, my brother's been on here actually a couple times, so it had a happy ending, but uh, he went fishing recently, and it didn't go so well. He... Um, end up um thank goodness uh that it, he ended up going fishing with a friend that he works with um because he was gonna go fishing by himself that night and it was really really hot out and uh he had had basically no water that whole day so you can kind of see where this is going oh yeah and uh he said to, uh to the guy he said i feel really exhausted and then he just dropped to his knees huh. and he's he's a big guy like you know he's six foot five yeah and uh just as broad shouldered as I am. So he's a big fella. And uh, so you imagine that being on his dropping, dropping straight down to his knees and passing out could not have been good on his body. Yeah. Um, and, uh, at some point in that process of getting on, picked up by a boat, brought to an ambulance and into the hospital, he, he was in a coma for three days. Oh, wow. So that from that Friday night until that Sunday afternoon, um, and, uh, he said that during his time, um, being in that in that coma, he recalled. Uh, he said, "He said, I want to tell you that heaven is very real." Um, 
and uh, he said that uh, he'd met, he'd seen uh, our great grandmother and our and our grandmother at separate occasions. And um, when our grandmother had had seen him, she she said, uh, "Come with me, where, where we're going, there is no pain, no more pain." And uh, he said that's about the time he woke up, hmm. and uh, he was back in the hospital room. But uh, you know, the fact that the heat is what got him, he didn't have that yeah. shade. Um, it's like, uh, it was a wake up call for him, I think, mm-hmm. because I watched, um, a script flip for, for my, my brother. I watched him, uh, um, turn around a lot of his relationships with people and even develop a relationship with me. Cause him and I had not really spoke a whole lot over the years other than make like holidays or whatever, like the, yeah. the obligated be togethers and maybe played ball a few times with each other, but it was, Louie knows it's like, uh. We just, we, he wasn't a regular around here or anything like that. And then uh, after that incident, you know, I was there every day at the hospital seeing him and I wanted him to know, you know like, cause I, could, I couldn't believe like watching my, my younger brother right, laying there in a hospital bed with a ventilator in his throat thinking like, God, you know, whatever, whatever you do, like I know that he doesn't, at the time, I don't think he really wants a relationship with me, but if, if you can bring him back and have, have him have a relationship with his wife and his daughter, yeah, that's, that, that's all I'm worried about. Nice. And, uh. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and he's he's doing okay. Yeah, Good. Um, he said he still get a little bit forgetful. Okay, so he's still trying to deal with that, bouncing back. But uh, for the most part, he's I get that after a head injury, <laughs> about the first year, you forget some things. <laughs> <laughs> Nick jumped out of an attic, yeah. landed head first. I've been listening to y'all's, yeah. y'all's so, show. Yeah. I got a good kick out of that. It's funny <laughs> that it works that way, though. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, I I just forget some things. It's odd. And then I'm, I start recollecting, you know, or people remind me of something that I did or said or done, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, I did do that. You're right. Um, but pretty wild, pretty wild to never have that issue. And then one day have it. Yeah. So, what? so that's my reason why I forget things, huh? <laughs> were, were you dropping your head? I fell off a truck in the auto parts. Yeah. It was a pickup real high. Yeah. I was trying to get some tools that was found inside the truck. I guess I was being greedy, and I'm trying to bend the metal. Yeah. And the wood broke. I fell back, mm. hit my head on the cement that they had there in yep. the junkyard, but it had glass all around, too. Mm. Got on my head. I, I landed on my head. I went up in the hospital. Yeah. When I woke up, uh, I had a headache and all that. Oh, yeah. RT came over and cleaned up all my blood. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how he did it, but he did. Um, I got home expecting to clean up. That I was going to have a mess to clean up, you know, and I had the oil dry out. I was getting ready, and it was already done. Wow. Well, if you're that good at cleaning stuff, I might need your help this weekend. Uh, Laura's, okay. Laura's, uh, oh, we'll yeah. away on a, uh, Laura's away. Laura and uh, Sterling's wife, Sarah, they're both away uh, this weekend at a at a faith retreat thing. Uh, I'm not for sure what what the details were. I just know that they, they couldn't have their phones and that they had to focus on God. So I was like, Hey, that sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> or at least uh, that's what they told you. Right? Yeah. So that's what they told <laughs> us. Your phone, that yeah. they're, they're in Vegas right now. Yeah. Not, not able to lock their door and praying to God right? that they can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the MGM. Oh, they're praying to God. God, please give me this winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. But, um, yeah, so, with with my brother now we do we do have a relationship and I'm Good. regularly um, uh, whether we talk or call uh, with each other uh, just about every day and um, and he and he has been on here uh, a couple times and cool. 
Uh, it was really great having him because uh, the the message when he first when he the first time he comes here after after being in the hospital, uh, uh, my message was on God's forgiveness. It was part of a series I did on on forgiveness. Yeah, and uh, uh, he goes, "Wow, that's crazy how." what you're talking about is everything that I've been thinking about. I was like, <laughs> that's what God does, man. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> he lines everything up the way it's supposed to be. We just got to pull back and let him do it. It's crazy developing relationships with family, um, you know, in our later years, or, you know, like me and my brother, we never really got along, but I tell you from the time I turned, you know, 32, 33 years old, we've been super tight, like best friends. And it's just the wildest thing. It's like, why didn't we get along before? Like what was standing in our way? And um, now, you know, and now we call each other every day. He FaceTimes me with his daughter. I mean, you know, it's nice. it's crazy. It's just crazy for the relationship like that just to develop at a certain time. Well, I know what stood in the in the way from my brother and I. I wasn't the best brother when we were growing up. Oh, if yeah, I'm being I get that. Brutally honest, yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, was uh, we slept six feet apart. There's no door in our room, like <laughs> you know. And you know, being four years older, I you know, once I got into the adolescent age, it was real rough. You oh, know, yeah. and uh, he got the brunt of a lot of that, uh, like. Anger. Yeah. Before that, we were in bunk beds, so we were even closer to right. each other. <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Too. Yeah. I think we're four years. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, maybe we're just like just too close and just too far away in age, and that's what drove the spike between us. But man, I'm glad that we've uh, I'm glad that we've developed a relationship now. Um, it's it's great to have a brother. Yeah, it really is. Yep. And then you, and then you get the uh, the brothers you get to choose. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, as well, yep. like I got Louis, my best friend, man. Nice. That's and, awesome. <laughs> and we joke all the time. We'll go when we go places and, was, and uh, like when was it uh, Lowe's a while back? We asked the cashier, said, can't you tell we're brothers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she stopped and paused and she's looking. Yeah. She's like, this guy's pale. That one looks more Puerto she's Rican. Like, mm, different dads. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, I can, I can, I can totally see it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're totally lying, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then of course, um, we have normally we have Alan here. Um, yeah. he's, he's, uh, had a lot of storms come his way here recently too. So, um, but, uh, I'm sure we'll have him back soon enough. And, um, he, he, he had a recent health scare too. So, okay. well, I just, it, one thing after another. Oh yeah. It always is. You've uh, had any, uh, relationships that were kind of distant in the past RT that kind of patched themselves back up, uh, in recent years. Yeah, a few. I actually, I, I heard a, I was talking to this pastor a few years back, about two years back, and like he was, his goal, he was in his 50s, was, um, he's like, I don't want to lose any more friends, like any more broken relationships. And I thought, man, that's just a great goal. And so that's something I've been trying to strive for, is that there's relationships I want to patch up still from the past, but even like to have that goal that, man, I'm too old to, to deal with the, the drama and seeing friends separated. I'm too old to go make new friends. Too old to <laughs> have trouble find them. So, you know, just hoping that, you know, I keep the friends I have for life. I think there's this value in, in, in those friendships for a long time. Yeah, I agree. It's funny to talk to people that say, oh, uh, I only keep friends for five or six years and then I move on. It's like, you, you what? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, then, that's always odd to me. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Man, when I make friends, I make them for a long time, man. Um, you know. I I, I, know, I, I uh, challenge them to get rid of me. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I do that regularly with RT. Well, there's value in that, right? I mean, like, because Nick. <laughs> well, there's something. <laughs> Nick's known my kids for a long time, so when my kids do something stupid. They'd be like, "I knew you guys when you were in elementary, and you know now you're in college, and you know, yeah, I've, I've been investing in you for a long time. I'm gonna keep doing that." So, yeah. <laughs> yep. But, no, you're right. 
you and I are the same that way uh, than Nick is uh, saying being my friend is like being in my gravitational pull. Oh, yeah. And I've got plenty of that going on. Yeah, so. yeah I'm going to pull you in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I got lucky enough to have Louie come into that gravitational pull. Alan Sterling over there. His cousin Cameron is also over there. Yeah. Um, you know, and quite a few other uh, youngsters that we've had running around here as uh, uh, Ryan is over there yeah, uh, tonight yeah. with us. Uh, he, he's been to Villa as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We like having him around, uh, yeah. when he comes and he's been a pretty good intern for the most part. Nice. Uh, he, he earned the nickname goofy. I uh, get that. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to him quite a few times. Like, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. But it's in love. It's in, we say that in love, don't we Lou? I always say uh, it in seriousness yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cause sometimes lo- uh, love is tough. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's why we say it. Seriousness. <laughs> Oh uh, man, that's great. So uh you guys you guys talk about like battle buddies. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, and I'd say like yeah. the, this group of, of guys that we that have been put together here, including my, my dad when he gets to come and yeah. a few other people that have, have been brought into this uh this uh show and um and some of our others too. Um Danny Tippett, who's on another podcast of ours in Revolver. Um I just I just thank God that he's put all these people in, in my life the the, these battle buddies that people and it's, are and it's so on. crazy because it always happens at the right time um yeah you know god's timing is perfect and you know who, who would have thought you'd become friends with your pastor you know who would you know what uh, you know see i meet you guys and start talking to you guys and it's just like you know god just puts people in your life at the perfect time and i mean me and rt we really leaned on each other quite a few times on things that we can really relate on and it's been really good i mean you know it's just it's been great um but i mean i think god does that obviously on purpose, but he does it in his time and yeah. he puts people in your life that you can lean on and, you know, work through things together. And we, you know, we call it battle buddies cause that's kind of what it is. Um, you know, it's, you're kind of fighting a battle every day and you got a friend that you can really rely on and, you know, lean on. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I really like that term. If you don't mind me borrowing it from oh, yeah, time to time. We, it. That's what it's for. Well, yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, we, we, we fight a lot of battles together. Yeah. Uh, was uh, if if something in the Bible is repeated, it's uh, important, right? Yeah. And, and uh, so I, I I kept kept uh, in uh, in our um, forgiveness series, I kept coming back to bear with one another, bear yeah. with one another. It was like yeah. those are the verses that just keep coming up, and I was like, well, well it's, it's it has to be, we're not professionals, yeah. and there's no book on how to be a man or how to be a proper man. Um, we're all winging it daily. It's nice if we get some other men in our corner that can say, hey, man. Um, I don't really like what you're doing or, Hey, you know, you need to straighten up this part of your life. You need to work on that part of your life. And it's also good when those same guys are like, Hey man, I like what you're doing. Like what you're doing is, you know, it's inspiring and it's insightful. And I I like to see what's going on with what you're doing right now. This is awesome to watch. So it's, it's cool to have, I mean, it's great that your spouse does it, but you know, they almost have to, to a degree. Yeah, they're the other half, right? Yeah, but, the, but the when your flesh. buddy does it, it, it means something a little bit different. You know, it's like, okay, there's another guy who I respect, who I look up to, you know, and he's pushing me to be a better person or he's saying, hey, look, I've noticed what you've done and, you know, keep up the good work. And uh, I think it means a lot more. Yeah, so. it does. Yeah, yeah. Nick and I were brought together initially because you talk about God kind of puts it there as his dad passed away and my dad passed away around the exact same time. Wow. Yeah. And both our dads played big roles in our lives yeah. and still did. And, and both died very unexpectedly. Right. Um, and so for we kind of walked through that season together. 
Yeah. And I think God just like sovereignly orchestrated that. I, can, I don't remember whose dad died first. Mine, yeah. Was it um, yours? So mine was like Christmas of 17. Yeah. Mine was and about a year after that. Yeah, almost yeah. a year after. And um, yeah. man, it was good because, you know, I'd, we had just started going to the church that you preach at, and I, I didn't expect to see you at the funeral. And you showed up to the funeral. And it's like, I know him. I've seen him eight, last eight or nine weekends, you know. Um, <laughs> we've talked a few times. It's like, what are you doing here? He's like, showing support. Like, I'm, I'm here to support you, anything yeah. you need. And it's like, I don't really need anything unless you got like a sack full of twenties or something, you know, um, which he didn't. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> and, uh, We're all in that same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it was nice that he showed up. And then, you know, when I got news that his dad died, I was out of town and like, I was at a wedding in Texas. I'm like, I'm flying home. Um, he's like, no, 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 no. You don't fly home. It's fine. He's like, we'll just catch up when you get back. And, you know, I just kept reaching out to him, texting him and calling him. And he's not a big talker. I don't know if you know this about him or not. Um, he sends really short texts and he talked really fast to him. And a few, months, a few months later, he, he finally <laughs> yeah. started to open up a little bit about it. Like, it took him a little bit of time to process. And once he did, I mean, you know, it was great. But everybody processes things differently. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad that we could be there for each other in those tough yeah. times. You know. And we've been there for some good times, too. So, Yeah. You know. you get to the good and the bad. Yeah. I'm telling you right yeah. now, if you ever get a chance... Take a pastor deep sea fishing with you, because <laughs> he prays before he gets on the boat. And man, it was like it was like cast your net to the other side of the boat, and we just slayed the fish. Um, we've been eating fish once a week that he caught. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get on there, it'd probably be a storm. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, bring the storm. Maybe bring the big fish. Yeah, we'll throw you overboard. See if the whale swallows you. As long as I got my life jacket on, I'll be fine with it. I don't like the water too much. The problem with the ocean is everything has teeth. <laughs> at night, every fish you reel in's got a tooth or two in its head. And it's like, I'm not touching that. Or tentacles with stingers. Or oh, yeah, Jellyfish. tentacles with stingers. Yeah, 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 you got you got the man of war thing, right? That's yeah. RT's biggest fear in the world. It's like a man of war, you know, some kind of jellyfish or something. But he's been stung half a dozen times, and I, I get why. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, I offered to pee on him when he got stung, but he, he <laughs> told me he told me that was no, no good. No, I'll, yeah. I'll take the sting. Yeah. <laughs> Like, battle buddy, I got you. <laughs> you had something, Lou? No, I was going to say that um, God always brought the bad people around me and the good people. And I always treated them the same, and they always treated me the same. As long as you treat them right, yeah. they treat you right. Yep. You know? And, yep, God uh, is good always. Yeah. You know, and you got to keep that in mind. Right. Even when you're going through a storm, like, you said earlier you're going through a storm now, and yeah. just gotta remember that God is good, and keep praying, and keep reaching for Him to to help guide you and lead you. Yeah, there was a lot of times that I try to give up. Believe me, ask right. Josh, and but I always come back and tell him I'm sorry. You know, yeah. And I just forgive me, but I'm not perfect, and I do lose hope sometimes, and. Give me the strength to always come back to you. you yeah, know? yeah, I always for sure. tell them that, you know, mm-hmm. even though I make mistakes. We all do, you know, yeah. sin-cursed world. Mm-hmm. Consistently, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently. Yeah, hopefully we learn from them. Try to. Yeah, right? I'm a slow learner. <laughs> oh, yeah. I might make that mistake <laughs> about 15 more times, yeah. but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure that there's been a few times where God's like, I thought he had this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was certain. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes again. 
What a fool. <laughs> right. I have created a fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, it, you know, keep talking about relationships. I don't know where we're, where we're at on time. Okay, cool. So, and um, my wife and I have been going through uh, weekly now um, doing a Bible study on marriage. Nice. And um, we, we've been married almost 20 years. So this coming April will be 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. Good night. <laughs> I'm at year seven. <laughs> it, it, it's, um, it's not easy. Right. Yeah, seven years wasn't easy. <laughs> Guess we just keep on fighting. Yeah. Well, she keeps putting up with me, so I keep sticking around. I get that. Uh, uh, wholeheartedly, I get that. <laughs> I thank God that she does. Um, but uh, we we learned uh, we learned a lot of, a lot in just a short amount of time, and we was we was going through a Bible plan in the the U version Bible app. Yeah. And um, and she she had uh, suggested that we started doing a a Bible study together, and and. Uh, I was like, well, really? Well, well, what what subject would you like to tackle first? She goes, let's tackle marriage. And she was really eager about it. And I'm like, oh, man. I've been, <laughs> been married 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I haven't screwed this up yet. <laughs> I was like, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, no, no. I just, this is the subject that I really want to study. And, and uh, she's not big on Bible studies. Like, okay. Well, so she's like, well, you need to lead this. And I was like, I, I do. You wanted to talk about uh, yeah. it. I think <laughs> I was, we're fine. <laughs> I was like, all right. I mean, that's I guess the Bible says tell me tell me that I'm supposed to lead in this way. So yeah. um I found uh a uh, a plan for us to go through and um we we read some verses that uh either one or the other didn't like so much. Oh yeah. But at the end of the, the little section it says, based on the verses that you've read today, what is God telling you right now? And it strengthened our relationship. It says Don't to want, submit. I yeah. read that perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want another, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's really great to watch like how we were reading that it's the perfect picture of God, the, the man and the woman together and uh, us submitting to one another and, right. and the ways that uh, 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 we were, we're supposed to. And like um, the, the one that we got contention this week was uh, – that says the husband's body is not his own; it belongs to his wife, and the wife's body is not her own; it belongs to her husband. She's like, I don't know if I, I care for that too much. <laughs> well, it says it right there. Yeah, I was like, I, I can't contend with the word yeah, of the yeah, Lord here. Right. I, I was like, we can talk about it, um, and we did. And and uh, and after after a little bit, uh, you know, being as honest as we can with each other, I, it really has strengthened our relationship. And yeah, um, I'm so happy that. Uh, God put that on her heart yeah. to, to bring it up to like, let's start doing a Bible study between her and I. Cause we, we hadn't done anything like that yeah. um, to get just just her and I, you know, we, right. we had been to other people's Bible studies, oh, yeah. small groups, things like that. But and it gets a little um, more personal when it's just you and your wife. Yeah. Um, it gets a lot more personal. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, sometimes they're, they're, you know, but we haven't got to a shouting match yet. I'm sure it's going to come because uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's natural. Um, you know, I, I think I think if uh, if you're in a marriage and you've never been in a shouting match, then then you're lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and I uh, I thought we were going to be in tears at one night, but uh, um, we were able to veer the conversation a little bit. But um, it's just it's just really cool to watch um, how relationships that that. I, you know, maybe we, maybe we were uh, severing it some, some way, shape or form. And yep. that's why she really wanted marriage. I, I don't know. She hasn't expressed that to me yet, but, 
and uh, but I'm sure it's coming if, if it was something yeah. that was on her mind, but um, it's just really nice to see it stitch us so much closer together. And, yeah, that's and, amazing. Yeah. Nice. And because uh, I've had this sentence that are uttered to me, I'm sure you guys have heard this too. If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. What's that? That's what, that's what they'll say. If you don't oh, know, yeah, I'm not, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they say. And I'm like, but Good. I don't, I don't actually, know. Actually, you're right. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what seven years and 20 years difference looks like. <laughs> I always want to know because then, because I, I guess in that way, I'm always wanting to turn the wrench to the problem. Really? Yeah. I'd rather I always, suppress it and not ever talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to fix things because yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's uh, something that. I think all guys do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're fixers. We've talked yeah. about this before that we're fixers and women don't necessarily want to be fixed. Most times they just want to be heard. Yep. That's it. Um, it's exactly it used to be a time. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, uh, well, I think I, I heard that on your guys' uh, show in the past too. Is like, uh, we talked about, they just want to talk about the problem. Yeah. But not yeah, they don't have want a solution, solution for it. Um, yeah. They, yeah. Just, they just want to be heard about it. And which is the toughest thing for me. Um, yeah, I'm a fixer naturally. I just, if I could put a tool on it and fix it, yep. I could do that. And there's not a tool for a wife. <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it, it, but sometimes the, the, that, that problem is like you're, but the problem could be, could be so easily fixed. Mm -hmm. And this is the third time that you've told me about this problem. Yep. And, but it's, I just want to be heard. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, that is, that's tough for me too. Cause like I said, you know, I'm just naturally wanting to, to jump in and, oh, yeah. and try to try to fix it, especially I, when it's I can just me. fix this for you if you listen to me. But we're not yeah. going there. Um. <laughs> me, me, and my wife. When we fight, we stay mad at each other. Really? But then the next day, we say, "I'm sorry," you know, and yeah. this and that, and we make up. Rachel won't let me go to bed upset with her. Mm. She makes sure, and I'm telling you, I roll over. I'll give her the cold shoulder and everything. She'll still <laughs> she'll roll over and kiss me on the cheek and say, good night, I love you. And uh, she just, she won't let me go to bed angry. Um, she'll let me go to bed angry. She won't let me go to sleep angry. Nah. So, <laughs> it's, uh, mm -hmm. And I respect her for that. I really do. Um, it it shows a lot that, you know, she's got a lot um, of something. You know, I don't know if it's stupidity or what it is, but she's got a lot of something. Um, Probably sensitive sensitivity yeah maybe patience yeah, maybe yeah that's what i meant was well, sensitivity not stupidity um <laughs> but, uh, patience certainly yeah, patience. patience yeah for sure patience i mean i can't imagine that i was easy to marry and live with um <laughs> I, you know i can't imagine i'm still easy to be married to um but uh, yeah yeah she's she's phenomenal and uh and she just she owns that every time anytime there's ever an argument we don't go to bed angry or we don't get to go to sleep angry and um i love her for it that's cool. Yep. I messed up with my first wife. We was 12 years together. Yeah. I messed up with her. It was my fault, really. Yeah. But I corrected it with my second one. Okay. With this one, I've been 30 years. Oh, wow. And still going. Yeah. So we're doing all right. Yeah, yeah sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. I guess I changed whatever I was making mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It was mostly trying to multiply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten kids. And how many kids? Yeah. Ten. Oh. Yeah, ten kids? Five boys, five girls. You ever watch TV or no? <laughs> when I was growing up, you yeah. know, there was not hardly no TV. Uh, black yeah, and obviously. White, you know? I know what you were doing in your free time. <laughs> he, he's 70 years old. He's, he's been around for a while. <laughs> and 40-something uh, grandkids. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good night. 
his, his kids are just as busy as he yeah. was. Yeah, no kidding. Didn't I got grandkids having kids. kids. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah nice I got great grandkids too. Yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. At that, look at that legacy though. I mean, look at you. I mean, 10 kids turns into 40. Mm. Turns into how many great grandkids are there going to be? Um, oh, they're still coming. So, well, three more just came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, it's still coming. I tell you. Every time he comes back around, he tells me the number, and, and then he'll be like, "No, no, no, wait, wait." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another one just born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forty grandkids any given day of the week. It could be one a week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I must have been crazy to have all those kids, but I love them all. We're bored. Yeah. Maybe you're really bored. That's it. Yeah. Well, well, I came to Indianapolis. It's boring. Right. So, New York. So, you found something. To in New York, I stopped having them. When yeah. I moved back to New York with my wife, we stopped having them because I was more yeah, into more, more to do. athletic. I was in sports and everything, Busy. so I didn't. I wasn't bored. Came back to Indianapolis, got bored again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> more kids, right. more kids. <laughs> I know something I like to do. <laughs> but you know, because uh, Louis, uh, Catholic school when he was small, and and so the the scripture he heard when he was young was "Be fruitful and multiply." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had it. That's what tattooed. I heard. Yeah. Multiply. Yeah. I think it's tattooed on his forearm or something. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the reason I got, a lot of people think that I'm, I was a Black Panther because I got that on there. Yeah. No, it you was were, the club I used to go to. You were a Manther. It was called the Cheater. Oh, okay. In New York. Yeah. So I used to go dancing there and then I put a tattoo of the Cheater on me. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody thinks I'm a, I'm a Black Panther member. Uh, but especially here in Indianapolis. Yeah. Are you, you a black panther? No. Uh, that's a, that's a, cheater, that's a, uh, a black cheater. That's a, that's a tattoo of uh, Tom Brady. It's a, <laughs> che- it's a cheetah. Cheetah. <laughs> 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 where are we at on, uh, where are we on time there? About right there. About right there. We're <laughs> close. Huh? <coughs> got, got, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we were, we were talking about fools earlier. And, uh, you're bringing me up again. <laughs> <laughs> Much more foolish, this guy, uh, in our first article of the night, uh, coming from the Washington Examiner, Hunter Biden. That's funny enough right there, isn't it, Lou? Uh, Hunter Biden indicted on three gun charges by David Weiss. A grand jury delivered an indictment Thursday against uh, Biden, uh, President Joe Biden, former Vice President, Joe Biden's uh, uh, son, Hunter, over allegations he unlawfully owned a gun. Uh, charges that uh, come almost two months after a plea deal dramatically fell apart in court. The indictment brought uh, by special counsel David Weiss in the U.S. District Court for the uh, District of De- uh, District of Delaware included th- uh, three counts against Hunter Biden for his illegal, alleged illegal uh, ownership of the gun while uh, addicted to drugs in 2018. So uh, the these charges that were coming against him is the same as a, a rapper uh, Kodak Black. Uh, who was uh, actually uh, pardoned by former President Trump. Um, uh, he was charged with uh, making a false statement to purchase a firearm, making a false statement uh, related to information required to be kept by federal firearms licensed dealers, and possessing a firearm by a person who is unlawful uh, and an unlawful user or, or a, a, an addicted or addicted to controlled substances, 
words are hard today. Uh, the charges uh, carry a maximum of 25 years in prison, but a, a judge is highly unlikely to hand down the maximum penalty based on the charging standards. Especially to the president's son. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Weiss in the indictment alleged the younger Biden uh, made a false statement on, on the form uh, to purchase a revolver that was intended and likely to deceive uh, the firearm dealer. Uh, the indictment uh, came as, uh, as expected after Weiss revealed in court filing this month that, uh, that he planned to obtain uh, one by September 29th in line with the, the Speedy Trial Act. Weiss initially planned to strike a deal uh, with, with Hunter Biden over three charges, which included one felony gun charge and two misdemeanor tax charges. But the deal fell apart in July when a federal judge unexpectedly raised questions at, the, uh, at a plea hearing about how the deal would affect prosecutors' ability to bring future charges against the younger Biden. Uh, the deal was two-pronged and involved Hunter Biden pleading guilty to two misdemeanors for failing to pay his taxes in 2017 and 2018 and entering into um, pre-trial diversion agreement to avoid the felony gun charge. So it sounds like there that he's um, trying to get the, the lesser charges kind of pulled to the front gates so that they could for sure hide, hide, down, hide the bigger ones. Yeah. Hide the bigger ones yeah. so that he could potentially have like house arrest or something like that and get it, get, get can out I, of, can I plead guilty to something with no, with no sentence to get rid of the rest? Exactly. So. Just, just for the guilty plea. And uh, as soon as that judge look, took a look at the list, he's like, wait a minute, this yeah. doesn't look right. Exactly. Um, let's come back on that. And so the, the judge's questions at the plea hearing uh, resulted in Hunter Biden's defense team and Weiss reaching what prosecutors described as an impasse over the terms of, uh, to say the least, terms of the agreements uh, signaling an indictment and possible trial would be forthcoming. I tell you... There's always two sides to everything, and yep. it looks like um, Hunter might get away with everything that he has done. I mean, if I was to smoke weed, which every time you sign that application and the FBI looks at it, did you smoke weed? Because if you do it, you can't have a gun. And um, if I was to say that, I would have never got a gun. I never did it. So I got my gun. He was doing coke. That's even worse than weed, you know? And this guy had a gun running around and doing coke. Who knows what he could have done with that gun? He could have high, been high on something because I've seen it plenty of times in New York. People get high. They get their gun. They start shooting. I, I think the problem here is is that... I mean, we go back to the laptop, you know, we go yeah. back to the other things, um, you know, the, uh, the the Burisma stuff, like, you know, you can bring up charges against him, but nothing's going to happen in the end. Um, no. They've proven that time and time again that, yeah, exactly. If you got enough money, if you got, you know, your dad's the president of the United States, um, man, you can get away with a whole bunch of stuff, huh? you know. And I, I hate to be like that, but at the same time, I mean, nothing's going to happen, you know. Yeah. Great. You're gonna you're gonna bring him up on these charges. Um, it's gonna everything's gonna get dropped to a misdemeanor, so there's nothing you know on his record that can affect him. And we're gonna slap him on the wrist and let him go. Um, it well, is what it is. What I think is good about it is it shows how the politics are behind this whole thing. Right. It shows the contrast. Right. With like, but what's gonna happen with all this? I mean, we're in an election 
cycle. Right. We, um, we know it's going to get swept under the rug, but the, the, my point is, uh, look and, what's going on with. And they're going to bring it up. Republicans are going to bring this up, you yeah. know, when it comes time. But the contrast between that and President Trump and yeah. all the indictments that he's under. Right. Um, multiple. Uh, yeah. And and uh, like there, <laughs> talk about trumped up charges. Um, right. And they're like the, some of the silliest things you've ever heard of. I mean, um, uh, Alvin, well, I can't remember his last name, but anyway, uh, Bragg, Alvin Bragg in in, uh, in New York, it was like 96 misdemeanors or something like that. There's like layered <laughs> them up and it's like one charge is just related to another and it's just like, it's yeah. just doubling up the same thing. Right. And, but then saying, oh, those is, this is, you know, one and, or two things that turn into 96. we're in. I mean, you know, when I was younger, a kid even... You, you didn't ever hear about, like, the bickering. You know, what the president said was final. I mean, really, for the most part. Um, there was no bickering. There was no, you know, there was no indictments of former presidents. I mean, come on. This is just out of hand. I mean, certainly unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. Sure, certainly unprecedented. Yeah. It's just, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> you know. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> got him. It wasn't for Trump that brought it out. We probably wouldn't know about it. And, and I'm not saying that Trump was a great president, or maybe he was just the greatest pick that we had at the time. Um, None of know, them were great presidents. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just, and I wasn't 100% a Trump fan, per se. Um, I think he could have been a whole lot more presidential, uh, maybe a little more stoic. Um, I, I honestly felt like he was an adolescent with a keyboard and the power to do anything in the world, um, while also being a great businessman. And understanding how business works and yeah. how the free world should probably work. Um, but Fair assessment. Can we just all grow up just a little? Yeah. Um, I could say this. I, what, something I miss is I, I, I'm okay with a few mean tweets if I get too. the cheap gas. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with just a few mean tweets. It's okay to step on people's toes. Um, yeah. You know, if you don't like your toes stepped on, you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah. it's just we get our toes stepped on all the time. I'm friends with a pastor. He stepped on mine quite a bit. Um, it's wild. I usually don't wear Crocs around him because it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, but uh, as I was saying, like the, this, this is the the, uh, the illustration is the contrast. People are now they're seeing that contrast. The way yep. Hunter and even Joe Biden talking about Marisma and that deal and the the quid pro quo that's now actually finally coming to the forefront. And I think uh, it looks like if for those of you who um, don't, and I watch it so you don't have to. CNN. Uh, I'll, I'll tune into CNN and they're even talking about the, the Burisma deal and, and how um, uh, all, all that, all that money going to the, the big guy yeah. and things like that. So um, the, this, this thing could come back and it won't, won't bite them. Uh, like arguably. It bite you or me. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have a certain, but when, when those charges do come up and they, and they, they get into the public eye, people will go, Oh, well, why does Trump have to go to jail? But, yeah. The current uh, president, former vice president, uh, why does he get off scot free? But right. but we've got to deal up more indictments to Donald Trump. Yep. Who yeah, but hopefully they see that. You know, they see that. They may not is, did these things. This is more of a political thing than it ever was a criminal thing. Um, you know, the reason that it's being brought up is because there's an election coming soon. Um, Always. Because if there wasn't an election coming soon, none of this would be brought up. I think they should all be in jail. Biden, all of them. Yeah, should be in jail. I get that, Not but them all and, and at the same time, people on the other side of the aisle are thinking that you know Trump and all his people should be in jail too. Um, yeah, yeah but you know, and but really, he, I mean, he, he, at the end of the day, he, you know, brass tacks. They don't like him because who's he's broke bold. the rules, 
And that's the kind of president I like. I like a bold president to yeah. tell you what to do. I don't want a chump president like Biden on there running our country. No. Yeah. I would love to have a bold president I, I, I do agree out there that, that do, other countries be afraid of him. Right. You know, to do anything. Like Trump had everything checked up on he didn't do no war. They, they yeah, said no new wars. gonna start a yeah. war. Yeah. No, Biden. He's trying to start a war. He came close to starting a war with Russia. I say let him have Ukraine. We don't need Ukraine. Let him have it. Let him keep it. We're spending too much money out there, and let's stop this already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on board with that because I, I like to see the, the American First policy. I mean, it is... It is unfortunate uh, on on the on the global scale if you're talking geopolitics that you know um, say that you know people was you know so first of all let's say this Putin bad okay yeah. before anybody hops on that train and gets into the comments that saying uh you know well you know you're you're just you're all for Putin I'm not for Putin uh, I think he's a bad guy um, they're all bad but, everybody but, who's in charge is bad yeah. or corrupted you but, know so uh, you don't know who to trust or what. We're looking at the way the money's spent, right, Lou? Yeah. Um, we've 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 actually went over a few videos that uh, we're probably going to tackle probably more on 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 Rodriguez rants. Uh, but um, the these, dollar, huh? They were trying to get rid of the dollar. Why? Well, well, yeah, trying to bring down the value of the dollar, but the the all this money keeps getting spent there, and they're throwing parties. Right. And meanwhile, we've got on on taxpayer dollars. Uh, you know, homeless veterans here. Right. Or just homeless in general. Yeah, or just hungry yeah. people. Or well, let me tell you, the homeless here in Indianapolis, they all got guns. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. I had a homeless guy put a gun on me one night not too long ago. Mm. But uh, so you know, you also have the, the, the people in Maui. Yeah. They, they were issued a $700 check. Oh, here you go. That, that should fix up, fix up your... Uh, uh, your burnt down home and, and your, your dead family. Yeah. You know, that's just not... It's just not enough. Like, wh- how, how come they only get a seven hundred dollar check, right. but we can send billions yep. to Ukraine? Yeah, what happened to America first? Yeah, um, I agree with that. You know, just what happened? And and I just don't think that things would have been the same under the previous administration underneath Donald Trump. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I, I'm really hoping that he comes back and peace through strength happens once again, um, and that once again we can go to no new wars and and maybe even bring back a few things. There's there was a lot of policies that I just really got behind. I really liked the things that. Uh, Trump did for the black community, um, you know he and he gets he gets hammered so much they try to say that he's a racist. But I'm like, but did you see the policies he put in place? Because right. he really he went out and and yeah. reached out to the to people that I didn't have feel, been. I didn't, I didn't feel like Trump was a racist. So. Yeah, and and that's uh, I think it's just part of like the CNN, MSN, DNC, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just their their modus operandi. Um, but, uh, a thing that, uh, hap- did happen underneath, uh, Trump was, um, the deportation of, of DACA recipients, which if we go back to the Reagan administration, you know, it was kind of like, we'll give amnesty to them all, but that's it. Right. But then people still kept coming over the border illegally. So that negates that. And then we started doing the during under Obama, we had the dreamers and, uh, and uh, Trump said, no, 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 like, uh, you know, if they come here, if they if it could show that they got merit, we'll keep them and we'll let them work and they'll let them stay here and yeah. pay taxes and they'll be just an American, regular American citizen after a while and they'll go through the process the right way. Uh, but if not, then they need to go home wherever that is. Man, and, I, uh, yeah, man, I have, a, I have a huge issue with this. Um, and it's tough. It, it's tough. Um, 
you know, I've got friends here legally, friends here illegally, um, friends that overstayed a visa. I mean, and if you overstay a visa, you're supposed to go back for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you could reapply for a visa. And you have family here, you have kids here, you have kids in school, you have, you know, it's just that whole entire immigration policy needs to be reformed. Reformed, yeah. Um, and they need to cut out some of the red tape. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree. I, I have a I have a huge issue with our immigration policy. Yeah. And I especially have a huge issue with it because if you're born north of a line, you don't realize just how incredibly blessed you are just to be born north of an imaginary line. Yeah. Absolutely. Versus south of that imaginary line. And I mean, we have every opportunity being born north of that line than people do south of it. And it's just yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel really strongly about this. Uh, I and just, I, I'm on board with you on that uh, for sure. The reform does need to happen. Yeah. And and uh, we, you would think that it would be a bipartisan issue, but right. it's a can they always kick down the road because uh, everybody wants to go this way or that way with yep. it. And it's like, but these are people. Right. Okay. So there's, there has to be a right way. Right. And um, the yeah. talks were like, come, you know. And I would bet 95% of them are good people. People that want to work. People that want to yeah. provide a living. People that want to provide for their families. People that don't mind paying taxes. Um, yeah, I would bet it's ninety five percent or more. Um, and and it, I, it would, I know that you get some you get some crazies in there as well. Um, yeah, and it would be great if it worked out that way. Right. Um, if we could get our president to talk to other presidents out there in these other countries to get along and stop killing their people and treating their people right and doing. Well, a lot better in progress and building and jobs. These people wouldn't have to be leaving their countries. You it, know? Would, it would be great, but you know, then we then we would be we would be policing the world and right. Then we, kind of what we're, we're, doing we're, now. we're we're already we're, we're already viewed as the empire, right? Yep. Um, but um, you know, in our second article, uh, and we'll, we'll probably go into overtime, Sterling, just so you know, um, just because where we're at with this. But uh, I don't from just the news. We had, uh, you know, a federal judge says a DACA program illegal, but uh, declines to order its termination. So, um, so for those dreamers, the, this 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 could be a, a different set of news. So, a federal judge has ruled the, that that uh, the deferred action for child uh, childhood arrivals DACA uh, program is illegal, but declined to order the end of deportation pr- uh, protections for its recipients. So. Um, positive right um and and that rolls against the idea of like, like just the law is the law and that's a hard line yeah um because once again we'd probably do need to reach reform the u.s district court judge andrew hanan on wednesday specifically determined that uh the biden administration's effort to codify the program through federal regulation was illegal uh, C- uh cbs news reported he rejected a request from republican states to order uh, daca's end over two years uh, the program permitted illegal immigrants who either arrived in the country as children or uh, who overstayed their visas while underage to avoid deportation and secure work authorization. Roughly 5, uh, 580,000 uh, individuals have enrolled in DACA. Hainan in 2021 uh, closed the program to enrollee, new enrollees, but in that instance also permitted the program's continuance. Uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals oversees Hainan's jurisdiction, and the Biden administration is expected to appeal his decision. Uh, this dispute may reach the Supreme Court. Um, so we will see that can probably kick down the road again, and hopefully right. our, our judicial system will 
figure all this out and fix it in the end. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. But what I'd really like to see is, uh, you know, uh, Congress actually take put, this issue and yeah. actually do something with it. Do something with it. Yeah, instead of putting it at the back end of a bill just to get something pushed through and never even touching it again. Yeah, because there's always those specific issues that they keep around yep. over and over again just so they can be another hot-button issue. Right. Well, when I get into office, I'll do this. Right. No, it's, you won't, because you've been there for sixty years, just Nancy Pelosi. Um, the, the only thing that they're doing it for is just to get votes. Um, yeah, you, you know, could say like what you, said, you they're, they're kicking the can down the street. Yeah, um, that's what the judicial system's doing here, though, right? It's like forcing Congress hand, like you need to do something with this. Like it's that's where it's going to end up. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're saying we're not going to deport them, but this isn't legal, um, but something needs to be done. Right. So it's, yeah, and and that that should that should you would hope that they would step up. Yeah. Right. Uh, Likely they won't because they never do. Right. And, um, you know, especially the career politicians, we've talked about it so many times on this show where oh, yeah. like people like Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and, uh, and Chuck Schumer and yep. you see these names all the time. There really needs to be some, some term yeah. limits. Yes. You know, for anybody in Congress, um, you shouldn't be allowed to serve for 60 years. Sorry. No, it doesn't it, work it's, that way. Not if we get a new president every four years, you shouldn't be allowed to be in Congress for 60. And I think Agreed. we should bring down two years for president. Instead of four years. Well, it's been there too long. That's too long. Four years is too long. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to get some policies passed in two years. You know, some things yeah. take a well, little time. It's good. Yep. Stop them from all those policies that they want to put out there yeah. and steal. You yeah, know? Maybe they'll work hard and fast instead of uh, uh, slow and destructive. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be what we're, we're going through, right? But a lot yeah. of this stuff will probably stop. Soon as Biden and, and <laughs> Trump starts fighting with each other, either Biden becomes president or somebody else becomes president, and all this will stop. Well, soon. Um, the Democrats are hoping that Biden does not ultimately. I think everyone's go again. hoping that Biden does not. <laughs> I don't think Biden <laughs> will. Yeah. Make. It is a majority. Yeah, I think he's got. I think majority. Um, of, I think I read something the other day that majority of Democrats and majority of Republicans are hoping that Biden's not reelected. Yeah, amongst Democrats, I think it was uh, thir- thir- anywhere, somewhere between thirty-two and thirty-nine percent approval rating. Okay, amongst Democrats. Okay, so not so great. No, yeah, it's not, <laughs> not very good. Uh, and then for Trump on the on the flip side, because he's get, he's going to be the Republican candidate. It's, it's no uh, almost yeah. no, almost no doubt. He's oh, nearly fifty to sixty points ahead anybody else that's in the race. There there are some. Pretty decent candidates in there, maybe, yeah. but uh, you know he's likely going to be the candidate, and he's highly favored. Okay, with the Republican side. So I wish there yeah. was somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people leaned on uh, they like Vivek Ramaswamy because he sounds he sounds a lot like Trump, but he's younger and um, he's a little more measured. Yeah, but he kind of there's some things that he says he sounds a little bit like Obama to me. Okay, and that seems problematic. Yeah. Because it seems like he's like, uh, I'll just say whatever I need to say. That's what Obama did. Right. Because I, I see a lot of people that voted for him that um, wouldn't wouldn't have otherwise if they'd have known. Yeah. He was just, a, I'll say what I need to say. But uh, speaking of Trump, though, um, get us into our last article so we don't go too far into OT here. Uh, uh, coming from Newsmax, Trump's Agenda 47, Abolish Department of Education. Um, former President Donald Trump unveiling his 10-part for, uh, Agenda 47 education policy uh, vowed to abolish the Federal Department of Education because it spends more and gets less results compared to the rest of the world. Uh, the United States spends more money on education than any other country in the world, and yet 
we get the worst outcomes. Actually, this is this is a direct quote, so I'll go ahead and do it as Trump. The United States spends more money on education than any other country in the world, and yet we get the worst outcomes. Okay, uh, we are at the bottom of every list in total. American society pours out more than one trillion dollars. Folks, this is not good. Uh, a year into public education systems, but instead of being at the top of the list, we are literally right smack, guess what, at the bottom. Um, so rather than indoctrinating young people with an, uh, inappropriate racial, sexual, and political material, which is uh, what we're doing now, our schools must totally refo- be refocused to prepare our children to succeed in the, wor- uh, the world of work and in life and the world of keeping our country strong, okay, so they can grow up to be happy, prosperous, and independent citizens. Um, I really like what he said there, and I think that um, this goes along. I think part of that agenda also goes into school choice. Let's see here. we got um, number one. Uh, respect parents' rights in education. That's uh, something that Ron DeSantis started in Florida. I think yeah. we should probably uh, put that everywhere. Parents should have the rights to their their what their what their children the are learning because yeah. <laughs> um, they don't belong to the school; they belong to the parents. Right? Um, empower parents and school boards to uh, fire the poor educators and principals, the people that just do a bad job. And remove politics from education and focus on reading, writing, math, science, arithmetic, and other truly useful subjects so i mean obviously when they get into high school civics and, and government but you know yeah not be political with it yeah not, um, not push your opinions on our kids yeah you know or the way that you think <laughs> let's just let's just talk about all of it yeah exactly yep uh teach the love of country as opposed to being skeptical and critical of its history uh bring back par- prayer in schools um harden school safety uh, support for school choice. There we go. That's the, what I was looking for. Support for school choice. Yep. So uh, this affects a lot of uh, your um, lower income families. That would have included mine growing up. Uh, I don't know if y'all went to a public school growing up, but I did. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, they're not great. Uh, and the same amount of money that was given for me as a student would have been given for anybody else as a student. Yep. But I didn't get the choice to choose to go to a different school. Now, luckily for me, I was I was in a, um, accelerated courses, so they they um, pushed me to another school yeah. anyway, even in the public school system. But um, the other kids that weren't in those accelerated programs didn't have a chance. Gotcha. And they're stuck going to the school that's in their neighborhood yep. instead of getting a voucher and saying, I'd really like to go to this school. I'd really like a chance. If I can... I'd like to go to this school because this charter school looks really good. Yeah. And we'll provide more one on one or more, you know, more direct contact with the teacher versus a teacher with 30 or 40 students. And then that money can go with that student. Right. And I think that that's just a, a, a way better uh, approach to education than we've had in the past. Yeah. And, and also this department of education, the whole thing is like uh, the to the teachers unions and everything. These teachers have more power than the parents. Yep. And they, and they gather up and they they tell the they tell these these uh, parents, well, they're ours for you know however many hours of the day. So yep. we're going to teach them whatever we you know. We'll, we'll we'll hang the flags of our agenda, whether it be BLM or LGBTQ, and and they're going to impose that on your kids, right. and tell them what they're going to tell them, 
Yeah. Even sneakily, sometimes I've heard some some stuff come out from Project Veritas recently about it, and uh, it's just it's re- it's really sad to see these things getting imposed on, imposed on kids when they could choose to go to a different school. I if I could have chose to go somewhere other than a public school, I yeah. would have chose it. Um, not to say that any of my fellow students were were bad. Right. I, just um, you would have chosen a better education if you could have. Yeah. Yeah. That and. Makes uh, sense. Yeah, because my my education, like when I got to college, I quickly realized that I was not in the same room as even though I was physically in the same room, I was not in the same room as some of the other students there, and uh, and I was in business school, so, okay. uh, but they were like, oh, I went to you know, uh, this school or that school, and and these, these you know nice charter schools or private schools and yeah. or even Christian schools, they're way accelerated beyond anything that uh, you know I would have thought of, I and mean, I was in accelerated courses, I had. I was taking college courses in high school and stuff like that. No, nothing compared. Yep. And nothing could have prepared me for that. But if I could have had that choice. Yeah, I realized that you were further behind than some of these other people. And so I, I you know, whether it's Trump that implements this or not, I would, I would really like to see some of these other like prayer back in schools, yeah. you know, acknowledging God, like the, the whole thing in the morning, like, and, and God, we trust, you know, right. the, you know, yeah. Can we just say the pledge of allegiance again? Yeah. You know, if the kids want to sit out, that's fine. You know, that's their choice. But right, you know, I I remember when we used to do the yeah the pledge, the pledge of allegiance every morning. And um, yep. but what stopped it was people from other countries. They didn't want to do it. Right, they didn't want. And to. there was people Muslims that didn't want to pray because they were Muslims and that was in their prayers. Yep. Yeah. So they that's why they changed a lot of things in the schools because of that. And they have the right to, to, to sit out or be in the, be in the hall if they want to be or you know it's yeah. that's their that we're we're still America it's a free country they're mm-hmm. they're allowed to um, not participate if they choose to yep um, and do I think it's right no but I'm not going to tell them that they can't right because that is their legal right so we used to but, wear uh, ties to school then they uh, stopped that because they started complaining about ties yeah oh well, yeah good some kids would choke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for school choice. Um, I mean, my kids have benefited from it. I've benefited from it. I'm, I'm not sure about getting rid of the Department of Education takes care of that. It, it seems like that comes up every couple of years as a way for someone to get votes. Oh, like, we're going to get rid of the Department of Education. Well, what does that exactly look like? And, and how does that help with school choice? I, I think it's pretty complicated when you look at Because a big part of the Department of Education is even college and Pell Grants and student loans yeah. and things. So. I, I think I would just need to see it more spelled out. What does it look like? Yeah, there's a lot more points there, but yeah, given time that you know, wouldn't be able to go through all of them. But no one ever moves forward with it. Everyone says they're going to get rid of it. Since ni- Reagan said he was going to get rid of it. Hmm. Yeah, so. that's looking 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 to abolish. Question. Oh, oh, uh, let, let's let, let's uh, if you don't mind, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and bring us to a, a yeah. close. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, RT, if you wouldn't mind uh, leading us in a closing prayer. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Dear Lord, thank you for, uh, allowing us to gather, uh, tonight. Thank you for letting us look at the book of Jonah. Uh, we thank you for your word and how relevant it is for us today, uh, that we can, uh, study it from, uh, written thousands of years ago about a man who, uh, didn't listen to you and wanted to go in another direction and how there was a boat ready to take him there. And I pray God that we'll see in our lives that, there may be a boat wanting to take us the wrong way, but that we'll say no to that. Uh, but if we have turned and went the wrong way, uh, that we'll see that you're a gracious and loving God. 
Um, I thank you for these men I was able to have this conversation with tonight. I pray you'll give us boldness and courageous as we go this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was one half of Tough Men of Faith, <laughs> R.T. Stringer, <laughs> <laughs> the host of Tough Men of Faith. Yeah, co-host. <laughs> I like this. I like that uh, Faith, Family, and Politics host Tough Men of Faith. That's really fun. Yeah, thank it's you. been good. Yeah. Yeah, th- thank you for being here, you guys. Yeah, this and, is awesome. Uh, and and Thanks, talking Louis. there. Thank you for coming. Yep. Uh, that's uh, Nick Robertson. Nick Robertson. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for joining us, guys. We really, really enjoyed having you here. Awesome. Um, and uh, once again, uh, they can find you on, on Facebook, yep. YouTube, yep. And, and anywhere they don't know their auto, pod, auto yep. podcast, right? Yep. yep. Tough cool. man of faith. And I liked it, your church a lot better than I did Josh's church. <laughs> <laughs> That's my parents' church, but I grew up going to that church. But the, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, but I liked it uh, when I went to your church. I liked it and we went yeah. together. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, like I said, once again, thank you for joining us. Yep. And then we have... The host of Rodriguez Rants, Louis Rodriguez. Thanks for coming, sir. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And, uh, of course, once again, you know, make sure that you're going over on Revolver, under Revolver Broadcasting and, and checking out Rodriguez Rants. We've got a couple new episodes coming out here very soon. I just got to get into the editing booth and get them together. Nice. And uh, I've been your host, Joshua Cummins, reminding you, stay in trouble. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs>